Hey, hey. Late to the Party Podcast. Welcome. Yeah, glad glad to be here. I hope you all are too. Yep. Along with Connor. First so, time the first time in a couple weeks, I think. Yeah, it's been a little bit. Yeah. You know, life life happens. It does. Life comes but, fast. That's why you need to plan and organize better. <laughs> Goes a long ways. Yep. Um but there was a important event in the gaming realm. Something like that. The, the uh, what, what's what's it stand for? I know it's an acronym, but I don't know. It's like Electronics Entertainment Expo. Oh, that's way simpler than I expected it to be. Nice. <laughs> egrets. Um, what are some yeah. other e words? Uh, elephants. Egrets, elephants, and expectations. And expectations. <laughs> We'll leave that there. Parse that the out. Next, uh, the next John Green book. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, fall. Um, so this is not going to be like a pure recap. Like Whatever no. news anybody wants, they've gotten already as it happens. So this is going to be yes. more our reactions. And why don't we kick it off with our bread and butter in Microsoft? Yeah, dude. Uh, so... Uh, for my, Microsoft, for me, was kind of like I they they easily had the biggest conference, but I think for for my part and what I go for to E three four, it was the most underwhelming conference to me, honestly. I think they did what they needed to do, which is show a yeah. ton of games, and I think that they planted their flag on like the direction. Not planted their flag. We've already known that they're going for Game Pass. Yep. Um, but they beefed it up. They said, we're sticking with this. Um, I mean, I think from, you know, you and I have talked about Microsoft in crisis mode. I think they're laying the foundation for the next console wars. I think you're right. I think at this point, they're kind of in a holding pattern saying, we need to capitalize on the successes we have and just get ready to go into the next generation. And they announced uh- signing a lot of... Um, a lot of game studios, which I think is really encouraging that they at least know what the problems have been and they're actually fixing them. Yeah, I think they added uh, six. Is it six new independent studios that are now paired with uh, Microsoft? Yeah. Uh, I, something like that. It's five or six. And like, for example, that's like good news, but that's not going to pay off until two, three, four years from now, which is when we're in the right. next generation. So it's encouraging because that's going to pay dividends in the future. But yeah, I, for what you and I play these days, not exactly what we're looking for, but I'm not going to personally, I'm not going to hold that against them. Nah. Cause they did, they did do some serious stuff, but like there's right. another halo. I don't know about you, but I do not care personally. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't care. I couldn't care less about this new halo, honestly. Like, and I think, and I think for me, it's, it's the fact that, they open it up and kind of advertised it as an open world game, which with like the RPG loot drop like elements of the, the last couple games, that to me sounds like, hey, why don't we turn Halo into the shared universe deal? I, which I hear and go, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think the room here is actually more for multiplayer just because... Right. Destiny has been stumbling along and I think people really crave that bungee level of space gunplay. Yep. Uh, and 
Destiny, to my chagrin, still doesn't really have vehicles in multiplayer combat. No, and, and I don't think it's it's going to take it a long time for it to actually like work that way because I think so much of their game is built around uh, like gun, like how crisp and solid the gunplay and RPG elements are. So they're not going to move towards vehicles because they simply don't have to, and then that just throws in another wrench, right. like loot drop balancing equation. So, so with Halo, I think there's going to be like that niche of people pro and also just like enthusiasts who play a lot of halo multiplayer that are going to really dig this and it's going to be good for them but i'm just not one of those people right just kind of it's it's underwhelming to say the least gears gears of war is still around um gears five it's not gears of war anymore it's gears five okay whatever or (laughs) um I've spoken before. I was on for the Cliff Blazinski ride, and he said there were going to be three games, and I exited the train after three, and Microsoft kept going. Yep. You knew that they would. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. That's Microsoft kept going with Halo after, uh, after Bungie quit the, quit the team. You know, they, they're like, we're done with this. And Microsoft said, but the, the well has not run dry, and then decided to keep making Halo games. So. Yeah, and Gears games. Um, I mean, I'm sure they're fine. Right. I'm just tired of I think I own Gears 4. I think Gears 4 was like a free game at one point. Probably. And so, and so I downloaded it. haven't tried it yet. I think it runs at 60 FPS, which sounds intriguing. I should probably play it at some point, because I used to really like Gears of War, and I've heard not a lot of negative things about this one, so I maybe it's worth checking out. But yeah. it's not at the top of my list. No, it's not. Um, fun fact, Gears of War has an extensive book and comic universe. And one of the comics, I was reading an article on Kotaku. One of the comics explains why there's hardly any women in squads. And yeah, I heard about that. It's, it's not, not ideal. It's not good. Um, no. Basically, they're in pregnancy slash rape farms. To make more humans, just uh, just which, grim, which to me sounds like some kind of dude bros attempt to make something very. Um, this is grim, you know. Humanity is almost extinct. We need to have women birthing babies as much as they can, yeah. which, like, that might have been acceptable grim dark sci-fi like in the nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies. But when you're in a day and age where a pregnant woman, like for instance, in Wolfenstein two can be a freaking badass and like you know just be like very very pregnant and still just brutally murdering nazis you're kind of in the wrong era man you need to realize you're in a different sort of approach to the way women are portrayed in video games and in sci-fi in general but anyway that's a topic for a whole nother time and it also kind of implies whatever women are actually in the gears squads are like barren yep or and also in that comic there's kind of some stuff where it's like if you don't want to fight you basically get executed so it's like all hands on deck for humanity it's it's just cringeworthy yep bad um, there's another style of gears game coming out gears tactics that one i'm actually intrigued by cuz it looks very xcommy that looks pretty cool i think that i think that's something that we haven't really thought about with gears yet but i think it's something that fits into the canon and the like the combat of the game very well. 
So if you throw all of that into kind of like an XCOM soup and make it very like, oh, I'm going to go here. I'm going to make my shot at the weird alien invaders. It feels, it sounds like it's going to be kind of rad. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, honestly. Yeah, I'm with you there. It actually like, it looks pretty cool. Um, I probably still won't play it, but probably, but it's a cool idea. At least they're trying something. Right. Um, yeah, so we mentioned the Game Pass. It looks like they're adding even more games to Game Pass. Yeah, and my thought process is they can add as many games as they want. They haven't made it worth it yet, in, you know, just in my personal opinion, because, like, the way that I approach the Games Pass is I install a game from Games Pass. Guess what I never play? That game. <laughs> and it's like, I, as a consumer, don't have the... Literally, I don't have the time to play the amount of games that are available through games pass. So while I have it, um, it's more of like, I, I got it to get one game on it. And then now I'm realizing I'm paying 10 bucks for this game. When like the people say, no, but it'll give you the opportunity to play all these other games. And I'll say, dude, where, when, how, what? And I think I think still that they're they're not quite to the point where they're realizing that making Games Pass like an included feature of the Xbox Live game service, but just making Xbox Live cost more money, you know, like that's something that I could get behind. Where if they said, "Okay, Xbox Live is now eighty to ninety dollars a year, but you get this thing called Games Pass." which lets you play every game we have in this game archive until it goes away. I could say, that's really cool. And then you wouldn't have to have your free game of the month you know, deal anymore. You could just have your games pass, and it can work like a Netflix subscription service in addition to giving you the online content. And then you're not saying, well, I'm paying 60 bucks for this and then 10 bucks for that. Right. Does that if, make sense? Yeah, and I think if they, if they roll that out at the beginning of the next generation, that would actually put a crap ton of pressure on PlayStation. So, and so I think, I think there's a lot of value in Games Pass. I just think like it's not the games that were prioritized to play at the moment. Right. It might be something to dip in and dip out of to check out some of those exclusive games that Microsoft does. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I'll, it's an interesting direction. I think it's going to put a ton of pressure on every, on all the consoles and all publishers who are even thinking about any sort of Netflix-like service um, to really put a lot of games in there so but anyway microsoft looks like they're going into the next couple of years with a little bit more control and focus on what they're trying to do with their ip and where the game console is going but overall middling response from me i was like oh okay yeah taking care of business but not exciting right um sony was mostly resting on their laurels <laughs> yep, that's what they always do man they just show some trailers some very good trailers but they just say hey here's our four games and they just showed them and then that was it yeah death stranding doesn't that look wild i'm still i'm pretty convinced that's gonna also be sony's like point towards hey this is what we're doing in the next generation check this out and then they showed that and we still know nothing about it. And that's probably what that's going to wind up being. Absolutely. That's my opinion. Yeah, there's no gameplay yet at all. No. He's so cinematic and he's so out there and he's so creative that it's just yep. so bizarre. But I like that he's not constrained by the Metal Gear series at the moment. Yep. Like, this is him going all in. So 
I mean, it looks beautiful, what we've seen. Right. We'll see. We'll see what it turns out being. Uh, Last of Us 2. What a, what a trailer, man. Yeah, it was a great trailer. Uh, I got to give it to Naughty Dog. Um, I think The Last of Us 2 is probably going to have the, the one issue, nitpicky issue I could come up with from the first game, which is that after a while, I got sick of playing the game so I could get through the story parts, if that makes sense. Like, that was the most nitpicky I could get about it. Like, it played very well, but I think after a while, the mechanics wore on me. Um, and this one, to me, looks like, unless unless that game is exactly as fluid as it looked in that trailer, which I'm inclined to doubt because I'm a cynicist, I'm going to say that it is not that fluid and nice, but it looks great, and the story looks really intriguing, which means I'll play it, because, yeah, I'm down for Ellie being a... a badass lesbian hero please god yeah that sounds great cool <laughs> she's gonna have to unpack so much trauma yeah, dude. Oh, yeah dude um that's funny i actually found the gameplay to stay refreshing throughout last of us one i found i thought that they kept throwing different environments and scenarios at you and the tenseness of the combat for me kept it fresh rather than like rather than like call of duty where you're just mindlessly holding down the trigger and mowing right. on hordes of people but well and i think i think the way that that the last of us eventually trans like that tenseness kind of transitioned into me for like the late game of that game was i always played it so methodically that by the time i got to the end of the game it was like the methodical approach i took to combat had kind of worn on me a bit like i've literally worked my way methodically through this game like i am tense but I've never felt like I'm running out of ammunition. I've never felt like, oh, I could make a bad choice here. I'm like, oh, that's what I do. And then I do that thing and it works out fine. And there we go. Um, and after a while, my reaction was just very much, I want to get to the next story part. And then that's when I started kind of goofing <laughs> off and making mistakes. Yeah. To your credit, I think you took to that game so ridiculously quickly that you just yep. like, figured it out. <laughs> like for whatever reason, it gelled with you. Yeah. Like I think the the mindset where I could say, oh, I've only found this this many bullets. And then I realized very quickly on this many bullets means this many headshots if I even have to shoot. And by the time I would get to the end of the stage, I'm like, I have 60 bullets. <laughs> yeah, you're just a better a better player than most. <laughs> uh, uh, Spider-Man. It's basically Arkham. It's not necessarily I'm, bad. Dude, I'm no, it's not Arkham. I'm psyched for the next infamous game starring Spidey. <laughs> That's so true. exactly what it is. And I'm so ready for it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be goofy and lighthearted, which I think yep. is really nice. Well, that's what, that's what Spider-Man is and that's what it should be. So I'm like, I look at it and I go, this is a game that will not be the groundbreaking mind blowing best game I've ever played, but man, am I going to get it? And man, am I going to have a good time? I'm going to love every minute of it. And I, it's, it's going to be fun. And <laughs> He doesn't seem like a prick like the Spider-Mans I hate are. He Thanks. seems just like goofy and fun, so. But anyway, uh what's next on our list here? Uh the the I I believe this is probably your most hyped, if we get if I remember us talking about it. Yeah, Ghost of Tsushima. Tsushima? Yep. Tsushima. Got it right. Um Holy crap. Um, this looked like Last of Us level trailer. Mm -hmm. 
where it's just that natural fluidity between cutscene and gameplay. And then also in the way that the gameplay is very brutal um, and you kill people very quickly or you die very quickly. Right. It's not some big slasher. No. Um, and those samurai vibes were just so great. The The winning point of that game, and I'll, we'll get to my most hyped in a little while, but the only reason that this one wasn't my most hyped was because something else just barely beat it out entirely on aesthetic standpoint. But this one is so cool because the influences behind the game are so heavily weighted towards Kurosawa movies, which if you grew up watching Kurosawa movies like I did, dude, whoever is making this game and doing the storyboard and the writing and everything for it must be watching these nonstop while he's making this game. Yeah. I've because, been like the way that like there's fire everywhere. You can hear the, uh, like the, the soldiers running up as these two are like getting ready and facing off as more cherry blossoms. And you could possibly imagine fly around in the wind around them. I was like, I'm watching a movie. This is like a movie that I watched when I was a kid where I was just in like amazed by the way that it was, it was focused. So that game looks like it's going to be really cool. <laughs> and they said that was that intense story is just like a side story, just like yep. a side quest. Yep. Like, yeah, that's just like a thing you can do if you want on the side. So stoked, man. It's going to be a good game. Mind blown. Um, yep. and then, so, yeah, I'd say Microsoft took care of business, but pretty boring for us personally. Yep. Sony. They know they're on top of the hill. They're just lounging there. Yep. Just um, here's some stuff, you apeless or you, you know, mindless apes. And we're like, yay! And that and was Sony it's, conference. It's good stuff. Like, they're not yep. even trying. They're just like, here's more amazing stuff. They're not pushing themselves. Nope. Um, Nintendo. We had pretty high expectations for Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo, Nintendo did not really do a whole lot um, that we expected them to. But I mean, what they did do was basically throw out what is going to be guaranteed the number one selling game this Christmas. Like, there's no way it won't be. Smash um, Bros. Smash Bros. Ultimate, which if you are into Smash Bros. at all, it's going to be a game you absolutely have to get. And you'll probably love the heck out of it because it looks fantastic. They're adding in hundreds of little tweaks, so they say that goes after specific features that uh, players have always been wanting to have adjusted or um, get updated a little bit. So that's going to definitely be in there. And that's the biggest roster ever. And I think the only person who got a snub is Waluigi, which they did because it's such a meta snub. And it's always been there. And so it just is a great little game. Like they, they just basically said the same thing Sony did, which is we've got a powerful system. We've got a monstrous fan base all we have to do with this thing is make our big triple a titles like like that one and just throw them on people will go nuts and buy it and then if if you ever get a port to it then people are going to freak out and buy that too so nintendo and the switch are in a good spot that's all i gotta say it's um it's funny because it's like i don't think they did hardly any things that we that we were kind of hoping for, but like they over delivered with Smash like ten thousand percent. Right. We were like, oh, it would be wonderful if there's just like another iteration of Smash. And they're like, how about literally the ultimate? 
version of Smash. Like where we brought every single stage back and updated them, and we brought every single character back and updated them too, and we brought, you know, it was like, wow, okay, yep, I'll buy that. Yep, I'm going to buy that. The guy who's been creating these games and is like a notorious workaholic, he was saying that, like, they, he announced to the team, hey, this Smash Bros, we're going to put every Smash character ever into this game. And the studio just got dead silent because it's like he was saying they realized, like, the monster pile of work that they were going to have to do. <laughs> like, this yep. game is so big. I am, like, my jaw just drops still thinking about it. Yep, I, I was pretty, I was pretty amazed. I did not expect that. And They're like... Think- everybody's back i went they can't be serious right and then they started showing the roster and i went oh my god everybody's back it's ridiculous like you know this is an industry of sequels and people wishing for remakes etc i don't think it's ever been done to such totality before right like this is the ultimate like hey we wanted another one it's like to the max nothing's missing Right. So I, I have good memories playing Smash at friends' houses. Um, I'm hoping there's some sort of like story or challenge mode that you go through to like unlock it. I, I might even just be playing against the computer primarily because I'm by far not a good player. But I spent I spent hours doing that with the last few Smashes. So I'll do that. But this might actually be the first one where because I have a full on console for it and I'm actually on board when it comes out and I own it. It might be one that I actually try to get in on and see how I match up and see how I fare. So yeah, that'll be fun. There'll be an yep. online community. Uh, Metroid prime four. Yeah. I'm bummed that they didn't show that off. I was really hoping for that. It's one of the main reasons why I got a switch was for that. So yeah. Um, yeah. I trust them though. So here, yep. here's the thing. They got Mario and Zelda year one smash bros, literally ultimate year two. We already know year three has Pokemon like revamped. Right. Like Pokemon Go on steroids. Possibly another, like possibly Metroid. Who knows what else? Yep. Like they're going full bore, so I'm not going to hold it against them. Nah, gonna... it'll it'll be fine. It's they're they're going to w- probably wait to unveil it. They're knowing that they're going to generate so much hype off of Smash Four that they didn't even need to need to show Metroid. Like they've got they've got plenty of time. Yeah, and I were complaining about that Pokemon reveal about how it was like 25 minutes and very granular and I thought it was like the coolest thing and the way that they were just like no 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 we are we did so much <laughs> we're gonna yep. just like drown you in how much work we've done um, speaking of Pokemon we finally got to see Pokemon Eevee Go and Pokemon Pikachu Go mm-hmm. those are the names right it's like Pokemon Go Pikachu or Pokemon Go Eevee or something like that. Gotcha. I don't know. Um, I'm personally waiting for the revamped Pokemon next year. You know I haven't played Pokemon before, and this just isn't piquing my interest at the moment. It's I've played Pokemon plenty of times, and this isn't piquing my interest either. Um, I don't think it needs to. Nope. That's okay. Another thing that, I mean, like, to their credit, I know that this is a Nintendo exclusive, but not a Nintendo brand, but they dropped, you know, that mobile game. They yes, they did. dropped these two games this year. Those are three games that are experiments without delaying the rebirth of Pokemon. 
I right. love that they're trying new things. I think it's okay if they don't land perfectly. They're going to learn a lot from them. So, uh, Bethesda. Dude, this is how you do an E3 conference. Oh, all yeah. I got to say. Oh, yeah. Like, first of all, we knew, we knew going in that we were going to get some Rage gameplay. We knew that that was going to be the main thing that popped out of this Bethesda conference. Like, that was the main confirmed thing. Then there were rumors for Fallout, Elder Scrolls, Starfinder was rumored. But the thing that was not rumored at all, and which I was absolutely astounded by and so thrilled that they did it, was Andrew WK opens up this stupid conference by, like, coming out and saying, my name is Andrew WK, and I came ready to party. This guy has been wearing the same freaking T-shirt for 20 years, and he comes out, and he just jams out, and I was ecstatic. It was yes. hilarious and great. Yes. <laughs> and I came ready to party. <laughs> so good. And he plays his, plays his incredible song. It gets, you know, the, uh, the audience there at E3 kind of half lukewarm because those people don't get excited about anything unless it's flipping Call of Duty or, you know, right. Halo, yay! You know? Um, <laughs> right. But then they show Rage 2. And I don't know if you ever played the first Rage. No, but, but I remember it. It was a yeah. very long time ago. It was a very long time ago, and then it also it promised a lot and delivered on very little. Um, Rage Two was or Rage was an interesting game because they promised this huge open world, expansive car combat, shooting combat, all these great things, and then it was very it was very very wide but very shallow. So you would get these cool activities that would have maybe one round to them or so you know one little thing that they would do, and it wasn't deep, but it was a cool idea that I think they executed poorly. This one, from all accounts, from seeing the gameplay, from everything that they've done, this looks like a b- greatest hits of Bethesda's game series, and I'm so on board with that idea. Like, that is a really, really, really good idea, and I think it's going to be a really cool game. Yeah, um, it looks incredible. I'm going to say, from my perspective, you know, we, you and I talk about how we're in the golden age of video games at the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this game has to offer me that's different. Um, I think the combat's going to be really good. I think it's really beautiful. I'm just a little bit worried about whether the story's going to be there. And if it is, I think it could be super legit. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be wonderful either way, but it's kind of just like... What's the point? It's a shooter. We have more of those than I know what to do with. You know what I mean? Right, right. So I, I think it's going to be incredible. I love that they're doing it um, personally for me to per- give it my time over some other games. I need to learn more about that. And I think it'll be coming out soon. So, right. It's, but I'm excited. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm very excited about it. Yep. It'll be fun. Um, yep. Fallout 76. Yeah, man. Uh, this, this went a little different of a path than I expected it to. When I first, when the trailer first dropped, my initial reaction was, especially when people are like, this is a multiplayer Fallout. I went, oh, good. I, it's just what I wanted. A game where I go in to have a power fantasy and then have that power fantasy eclipsed by balance and then other people griefing me when I spawn. Yeah. Um, but from what it sounds like, it sounds like Todd Howard and the other people are going, at, going after this with that exact idea. Like, they're knowing that 
a lot of these because what Fallout seventy six is sorry to jump back is they're taking the Fallout premise. You are emerging from the first vault uh, twenty five years after the bombs fall, so you are the first recorded people to leave the vaults after the apocalypse um, in West Virginia. And you are going to go out into the untamed wilderness of West Virginia and survive. So it's a, it's like survival games meet Fallout meet multiplayer. And it's a really, that's a very ambitious idea. The game itself, the map is, I think, four times bigger than Fallout 4 was, which is extremely ambitious. Um, and they're trying to, it sounds like they're trying to do it in a way where Yes, you can have those dramatic moments where you'll, you'll run aqua- across somebody in the middle of West Virginia, but if you don't want to fight other people, you don't have to. Um, so it sounds really interesting, but at the same time, I don't know, man. I don't know how Bethesda's going to do this. They haven't done a multiplayer game like that before. So it's, this is a big experiment. They're, they're waging a lot on this guy. Yeah, they really are, and I have to give them credit. It's another developer that's like really actually trying to try something new. Yep, it might not land. It really might not. But um, I'm very it's intrigued. Trying. They sure are trying. Not um, not more to be said about Fallout 76. If you're interested, there's a huge amount of cover on it because or coverage on it. I I should say because Todd Howard's been selling this game as much as he possibly can. Seven people talk about it. He's you know doing all this different stuff. Um, I think that you can go find out as much as you need to know from there and you don't need to listen to us try to break it down. Right. <laughs> yep. Um, Elder Scrolls Blades. Is this that mobile game? Yep. You can play it with one hand. Enough said. Weird. Not in a gross way. <laughs> oh, well, I, I didn't love, even think about that. But Dude, I love that that was Todd's response because my brother and I were watching this and he says, and now you could play it with one hand. And we both looked at each other and went, nice and then todd said not like that you disgusting people (laughs) and you know that was a joke that they were prepared for and i like i think the thing i like the most about this whole thing is how lighthearted bethesda approached it is like they know they're well loved they know that people look at bethesda games for all the bethesda jank and they know how much we love them and they just go we're just going to keep doing what you guys love and we're going to keep adapting what you love to, to the new technology that we've been given. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. They're, they're really fun. They're really self-aware. Yep. Starfinder. Um, how much do we actually know about this? That it that, exists? That Todd Howard's been wanting to do this for well over a decade. That's how much we know. Um, a lot of people are hoping that it's basically space Skyrim. Uh, That'd be cool. I doubt it, though. I think it's going to be something a little different. Um, And I don't want to speculate on it because I don't want to get hyped. Just as much as Elder Scrolls 6 was announced with a really great pan over a skybox and people are flipping out about it. And I'm thinking, well, I'll really like that in 2021. Yeah, let's be honest. That's next gen. Yep. It's It's going to be a next gen launch title. There's no way it's going to, and, and I'm hoping because it's next gen that they're going to be completely redesigning the engine because the Morrowind engine, guys, it's getting a little old. Yeah. Oh, they know it. And that's why it's going to take a while. So right. they got a lot of, they got a lot of things cooking on the stove, but they all look pretty amazing. Yes, they do. Um, CD project red. Mm. 
aka Cyberpunk 2077. Mm. No gameplay. Well, people have seen gameplay. The public yep. have not. The press has. We did get a trailer. Holy smokes, man. Yeah, dude. I, Better than I could imagine, which was pretty high, actually. I am pretty, pretty, pretty excited about this one. Uh, I've, I'm have i a recent William Gibson cyberpunk book fan, and yep. this is just, oh, It's going to be a great game. Perfecto. Like, and I think I think for me, I I've been reading a lot of articles on the the te- the, the dev teams res- like approach to making this game. I've read a lot about people's impressions of the gameplay that they got to do, and the fact that it's this game is going to be very transhumanist, where it focuses on like the idea of this uh, the sacred and the profane that the body occupies and the human spirit stuff like that, and that's like the whole underpinning idea behind both cyberpunk fiction. And then what they're going to do with your character in the game. And then how these people describe the gameplay. I'm going, dude, this game sounds like it's going to be so far up my alley that once it comes out, I can just bench everything else for a while and say, I'm just going to do, I'm going to fall into cyberpunk. I'm going to let it kind of swallow me up in its, you know, techno womb there. And I'm going to have it myself a great, probably year. Yeah, it's going to be like The Witcher 3 all over yep. again. Um, yeah. They don't want to commit to a release date, which I actually really appreciate. I'm assuming yep. that means we're a minimum of two years away. Probably. I think that puts it on the fence of possibly being a next-gen next gen platform game. I think it could be. I think, uh, I think it's more likely, if I'm being honest, that it's going to be one of those games that really pushes the hardware of this current gen, because that's kind of CD Projekt Red's MO. That's what they do. Um, that, so... I love that. Yeah. yeah. So then I, that puts I, us like right at two years. Right. I think that's what they're going to do. Um, so we'll have to wait and see, especially because they've been working on this for a long time. So I'm inclined to believe it's going to come out on the one in the PS4, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. I think it depends largely on the timetable that Microsoft and Sony have. And yep. I'm a little bit worried that Microsoft is going to rush into the next gen because they're sick of being the losers. Yep. Um, cause I'm in, I'm in no rush. No, I have everything uh, I need for the time being. Another developer that had a great conference is Ubisoft. Yeah, man. Uh, AC Odyssey. If you want to talk about a series that I have, as we've talked multiple times, I've been very disillusioned with, uh, Assassin's Creed is one of them, especially because I, they were one of the first, uh, console game series that I really got fired up about when I first got into playing on a console. Um, when I was younger. And the first trilogy, the the games that they did initially were great. They're really fun. I liked the sci-fi spin on it. I thought they were really cool. Um, and then they kind of went off base and I stopped paying attention because I got bored. Uh, Origins is apparently a phenomenal game uh, in its own right. It's got a lot of bugs. And some pe- it's, it's one of those, again, in Assassin's Creed, you either love it or you hate it. But this one looks like they took all of the lessons they learned from origins kept the same engine tweaked a few things and then noticed that bioware was no longer doing mass effect games and said why don't we make assassin's creed like a mass effect game yeah let's step into that and i i saw i figured that out halfway through it and went oh my god yeah so how how funny 
again, a if you if you are really interested in going and learning more about the stuff this game offers, go and read the article on Kotaku because it's comprehensive, and it's that's how I got excited for the game. I, I saw trailers and went, "This looks cool." Read the article and went, "This might be a must buy for me now." Like this sounds amazing. So, yeah, um, cracks me up that they went prequel to Assassin's Creed Origins. I know, right? So, but good. I'm okay with it because yep. great setting. Um, yeah, you're right. They're being really ambitious. They're trying new things. They yep. really have taken a new tack with this franchise, starting with Origins, and they're really leaning into it. And I love that. Smart move. As you know, I'm catching up. So, and yeah, this man. makes me actually more and more excited. So. Pretty cool stuff. Um, Ubisoft, I think, is a sneakily like on fire right now. Now they're having a, they're having a really good they're building up a really good catalog, and that's that's cool for them. Like especially because they used to be such a like front runner big player. And one thing we didn't we didn't see from them that we kind of expected was the next, next Watch Dogs. But I firmly stand by my thought process that I don't know where they can go with that game now. Um, they already did Silicon Valley, so they're gonna have to. We're gonna have to wait and see what they decide to do next. Yeah, I think but, it's London, but we'll see. Yeah, you might be right, but we'll have to. We'll have to wait and see what they decide to do. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting seeing them. They gave super deep support for Ghost Recon Wildlands, which wasn't even like that huge of a selling game, but it was really good. Um, the Division had many stumbles, oh, but they yeah. Division they gave, I forgot about that one. Yeah, they gave the division won some serious attention and gave it yep. some serious resources and development for two solid years. And I think that that actually puts a lot more community faith in them than in destiny right now. Yeah. And we'll get to destiny in a bit. And like, I watched some of the stuff about the division two with the developers and they were just talking about the just massive amount of stuff that they learned from running the division one. And they- they're still sidestepping that uh that political question though, which which is bizarre. Well, like the the whole context of the division two, as far as I understand the story goes, is you you are playing as one of the agents uh, participating in a civil war in Washington D.C. and trying to uh, prevent tyrants from taking over the bombed out shells of America. And the political question behind that is consistently going to be like, wait. Are you talking about the current state of America? And Ubisoft says, we're not going to say anything about that. Okay, you know what? Screw you. You can't make like a, like a really in-depth political statement and then not take a political stance. Like you can't have your cake and eat it too. All right. right. You, have to, you have to make a stance on it because eventually people are going to realize that all these games where they're all, we're going to put you in the middle of, of Minnesota, wild rural Minnesota, and you are going to fight cultists that you have no political bearing on because they have no personality. They're just weird, creepy, cult guys. Like, <laughs> no, you know, you can't, you, you got it. You got to go all in. If you're going to do it, look at, look at Bethesda, look at Wolfenstein. That is a game that is not scared of what it is. That is a game that will straight up say, yeah, this game is about killing Nazis. Cause Nazis suck and white supremacy sucks. And that's like such a rare thing that I really want other developers to get on board with and just say, you know what? No, video games are occupying this this political spectrum, this art spectrum, and we need to go full in with it. And I feel like they haven't done that as a unit yet because money is always the concern. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. Yep. Um, EA had an okay presentation. It sounded like they mostly just said, hey, you know those games you really like? We've got more of that. And everybody went, 
Yay. And then it moved yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, FIFA, which I'm a adamant supporter of. We don't know much, but they say that they're overhauling the tactics system, which is going to be a really awesome step forward to make it more strategic and i'm really thrilled about that so we'll see I'm how that i'm still, still hoping to get into that at some point yeah yeah i'll have to show you um battlefield 5 i mean it looks like battlefield but that looks good yep looks looks like it's going to be perfectly perfectly fine battlefield game it's going to have some battle royale who knows how that'll shape out yeah. but i'm intrigued God, we'll at least they're trying something yep um anthem our perilous fearful uh, um just don't care man i'm just worried yeah still, still worried it's looks like good. it looks it looks perfectly acceptable for what they're trying to do and i'm just concerned that what they're trying to do is sell people on a power fantasy that in its own like statement like establishes that nobody else should be able to participate in this power fantasy. Like the whole idea I thought when I saw the original Anthem trailer was like, oh, Iron Man, but wait, there's like 5 billion Iron Mans. That kind of makes me feel less like I'm Iron Man and more like a guy in a suit. And that's like, okay, I guess, but I don't know if they've got a good story. If the mechanics are tight, if it, if it feels like it's a game that tries new things with a loot shooter tactical RPG sort of deal, then sure. But if it just feels like, here's a third-person shooter, go here, kill that thing, pick up that thing, go back and do that. They already have a game that does that very, very well from all accounts, and that's Warframe, and I don't think anybody else is really going to be able to beat them on it. Yeah, probably not. Yep. Yeah, and need to see story. Yep. Coming from that studio it needs to be an RPG first, and I'm yep. a little bit worried that an RPG studio is making an MMO. Yep. They went they went heavily in on those loot shooter mechanics and I'm worried that this the story is going to drop off the face of the earth a lot like how another game I have a strong love-hate relationship with is doing right now. So <laughs> right. Yeah, speaking of which, Bungie, the Forsaken expansion is mm-hmm. on route. Well, yep, it's going to happen this September and they've told us a lot. Yep. They're very open. Yep, they've said uh, yeah, you are going to have a major character death, which, you know, spoilers, if you want to not hear me talk about it, skip forward 15 seconds or 30. Cade 6 is going to die. Um, in fact, he's dead. He's not coming back. Turns out Nathan Fillion is probably really expensive. Yep. Shocker. Um, so, or he's just bored. That's also very possible. But I, I think it's probably more the first one and the second one, because he is an open player for Destiny. He says he loves playing Destiny. He's got a character. Um, so I doubt he wanted to quit. And in fact, I'd really seriously doubt that they're going to kick Kate out forever. But it's possible. Um, but the story, to be honest with me, for Destiny is very much like, I've kind of lost faith that they're ever going to really abide by that lore that made me really fall in love with the game in the first place and why I still play it today. Yeah, it's uh, sad. Yeah, like they kind of threw it out the window in response with, hey, here's this new stuff. I'm like, what about that old stuff? I really like that old stuff. Um, but let's see, what are they adding? Bows. It's a, uh, it's a Western story. You get new superpowers for every single subclass that are either really cool or look really middling. Um, you get to put 
any gun you want in any slot within reason, except like rockets and machine guns, you know, possibly, uh, you know, put three shotguns, you crazy man, you, um, what else they, they're adding a PVPVE playlist where you have to fight computer players. And every time you get to a certain stage, you can transfer levels and kill as many people in the other team as you can. And that looks really fun. Like, it looks like their the random rolls are back. It's like they finally decided, hey, all that stuff you guys have been asking for, fine, we give up. Here you go. Dance, fuckers, dance. And everybody's like, yay! Yeah, new areas. <laughs> yep. Yeah, new areas, new story. Um, I think the division is encouraging in that, like, des- it's showing the way, but Destiny, like, if they support this, and they actually pull this off, which like it looks like they're doing everything they need to. They could actually salvage this. Yep, and I think they will. I think Forsaken will. The only issue that's going on with Forsaken right now is it's forty bucks. It's going to be forty dollars to get it, and you cannot play Forsaken if you have not bought the other two DLCs. Right, and I still need to do that, and I'm a little bit annoyed that I'm going to have you know like a $70 hit in a few months yeah and I'll be honest with you Trev because the last two DLCs the reason why that's such an irritating factor with a lot of people and the reason why I'm not as mad about it as I, I should be I draw I bought the collector's edition so Warmind and Osiris were already paid for for me um, but like the simple fact that you are going to have to play through the curse of Osiris which is potentially one of the worst dlc packs i have ever seen in a video game and you have to play through warmind which is barely better like warmind has just dumb story it's so bad it is so bad and you have to pay for and play through those before you could play through forsaken which admittedly looks like it might be pretty good but you know low hopes that sucks and seems very money grubbing so like they should just make they should just make Warmind and Osiris gimmies and just say, here you go, for free, or even make Forsaken a for free update. You know, but they won't. Because yeah, the game they is might all dis- about money. When Forsaken comes out, they might give a little discount bundle for the other two, I'm hoping. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Probably with probably with the original game though. Um little observation here though. Both the division and destiny after having various DLCs that kind of splintered the player base, opted to basically grandfather in certain aspects of their game to all players regardless of DLC, just to keep everyone moving Yep, and in the same direction. And I think that that's really positive. And I saw an interview with the, De- the Division 2 guys, and they were very adamant about not running into again of splintering their player base with oh, right. DLC. They didn't explicitly say that there wasn't going to be paid DLC. Like I'm not really sure if they're going to like if they did that that'd be amazing. Like if you just bought Division 2 and got everything for 2 years with 2 years of support, that would be like such a steal. Um, right. But they're at least, you know, Ubisoft is looking at this and looking at games as a service at, as player value first and revenue second which exactly it's the way to do it long term people will keep coming back if you have a quality product if you earn it so hopefully the hopefully destiny can follow suit um square enix laughing stock of the show yeah a little bit 
A uh, couple of games, though, that apply to us. Shadow of the Tomb Raider looks incredible to me. Looks pretty wonderful. It's going to be just as good as the last two games were, which I'll play it, and I'll like it. I'll have a good time. Pretty freaking good. It's going to be very combat heavy. It's going to be very yep. dark. I love it. More, please. Yep. Not much more to say apart from that. And Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, are, you ha- are you happy with what they showed? Uh, Dude. I think if there's any game series that I could, I, I honestly, I can't say that there is another game series I've looked more heavily through rose colored glasses at than Kingdom Hearts, where I'm like, when I was growing up, I'm thinking, man, Kingdom Hearts is probably my, one of my favorite games ever played. I love that game. That was an incredible game. And then I watched Drake play it uh, about a year ago. He got it on his computer through like an emulator and I watched yeah. him play. It and I went, this game's pretty bad. Game's pretty bad. It doesn't look good. <laughs> Didn't really play that good. Mechanics were kind of weird. It's kind of weird. And then Kingdom Hearts 2 was mostly just the same, but looked prettier um, with a more confusing story. And then now we've got Kingdom Hearts 3 coming out where they've had six very confusingly done story-based games that are very important to understanding the story of Kingdom Hearts 3. And even more confusing gameplay. And I look at that and go, I feel like if I play this game hoping I'm going to have fun, I'm going to have a headache the whole time. Like, trying to go, now do I use my Thunder Mountain Super Summon and summon a train and ride it around and shoot rockets at people? Or now do I summon this genie guy who's going to pop out of the ground and shoot spiral clouds around while I swing around in a circle and hit people with a magic lamp key? Like, I get what they're doing, and I think it's really cool, but I guess it, I was more excited about it than I am in practice now, and I worry I'm now. It's I, it's kind of like I've eclipsed that point where I could be excited about this game, and now I'm just too old. <laughs> yeah, it's, they've been slow. Yep. 14 years, I think. Yeah. Um, Crazy. So let's wrap with our kind of unofficial awards or picks. Yep. Best developer of the con- conference, I think it's easily CD Projekt Red. Yep. They're just like on another level. They are. I'd, I'd, give, I'd give a uh, a very, very strong second place, like honorable mention. I would say, you guys, if it wasn't for how much I'm excited for what CD Projekt Red does, but Bethesda would be the second. Like, very, very close with how well they did their, their presentation with the amount of things they're doing and with the work they're putting in, I think Bethesda is like still the powerhouse it's always been. Yeah, possibly bigger than ever. Yep. Uh, best publisher? Yeah, I think Ubisoft, Ubisoft is looking, yep. they're looking at value. They're looking at yep. making themselves better and really pushing the games industry in a positive direction, which like if we think back to just back to AC Unity, that was the complete opposite and they really right. turned turned around and they're they're building something special, I think. I think we're going to go into the next call it two three years the end of this generation is going to be kind of a golden age for ubisoft yep uh best game presentation i think smash they just went so incredibly above and beyond yep like they could have been like hey new roster plus like 10 guys that are coming back from previous games and people have been like what that's amazing just the fact that they came back with everybody is just mind blowing. And then they had they had a specific tournament for everybody to see how the game played, and then just to like generate hype. And they like played it entirely well into their um, into their fan base because the Smash fan base is so strong. 
and it's been strong for years. So that was cool. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled. Um, for, for me, Cyberpunk 2077, I think was the best presentation. Uh, not just because they uh, they gave um, they gave such a great trailer, but because they had the behind closed doors play test of it which I think is really, really big time for generating hype and keeping that like mystique that CD project red really holds over its games where you're like, what's going to happen. What's, what's going to happen is, is like, what's it like? And then everybody can just say, well, I can't tell you a lot, but here's what I can tell you. And it's got so much focus on the world that they're building rather than, but can I, is it a cover pop shooter? Uh, What kind of uh, adaptations can I do to my guy? It's like you can do adaptations and when you are doing them, it's going to focus really heavily on the first person character aspect of you going under having someone you don't know, take pieces off your body and put new ones on there and then have you wake back up. Like, I think it's such an interesting idea. Yeah. Psychologically. Yep. Um, Yeah. And I think them doing a closed door presentation actually comes from a place of humility, which is incredible. They're not just saying, Hey, we killed it with the witcher. They're like, hey, we're trying something new, and we really need to bounce this off of people. Right. Super cool. Uh, most hyped, 2077 for you. I mean, like, yep. for me, too, in reality. Like, where is that going? It's going to be incredible. I think it's pretty easy to say, like, most hyped for me, especially because, um, like, one of, the, one of the reasons why is I have such a strong draw to anything that has remotely to do with cyberpunk kind of tech-noir deal. And the fact that it's that made by one of my favorite developers ever, and it's an RPG shooter, like that sounds like it's basically going to be one of the, again, one of my favorite games ever made. Please, please, please play Deus Ex. Yep. I need. No, I do. We're years away from Cyberpunk, so that's the like literally the best it's going to get in the meantime, and that's a really fun world. One of my favorite parts about the most recent game is when you go to your underground doctor and <laughs> chat about um, upgrades. There's some real, yeah. What you're looking for is right in there. I'll have to, I'll have to go play it for sure. My most hype, just so we didn't pick Cyberpunk 2077 for all categories, was Ghost of Tsushima. Yep. Tsushima. Um, Tsushima, yeah. Just because this is coming out sooner. Uh, than cyberpunk and we also had no idea that it was coming we knew there was cyberpunk we knew nothing about it but we knew it was coming ghost we definitely didn't yep and i think that that it could be a real standout i think you're i think it absolutely will be i think it's going to be a phenomenal game uh we didn't talk about it all but there is another very uh japanese mythology focused game that's going to be coming out probably next year called uh sekiro uh, shadows die twice and it's a uh, from software game where they are abandoning kind of the dark souls sort of deal and going after japanese mythology and creating an extremely vertical fast ninja game which looks cool. so i'm excited for that one yeah who knew like cyberpunk pirates and samurai you would have thought that that would have been yeah. like the last 30 years of games and it really hasn't like they're nope. only just now coming into them which is funny it. to me what a time to be alive what a time to be alive um if you still got a few minutes i'd love to chat about what we're playing these days yeah i got a couple i got a few minutes and i'll yeah. go ahead and toddle myself over to my stove and see if i can get myself to make food and then eat <laughs> oh, no 
Um, so what have you been playing lately? I've been locked into the um, cruel yet... Nope, it's just cruel. Embrace of Destiny 2. Uh, I jumped on and played some Iron Banner last night and realized, nope, I don't want to play this anymore. I'm not having fun. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to jump on tonight, play my two strikes that I need to do, and get my exotic gun that shoots bullets that blow up if you hit five headshots in a row, which is freaking cool. So I'm probably going to do that. Cool. Um, That's I'm, cool and highly technical. Yeah. That's like a very, yeah. very talent-based skill. They are, uh, they're really, tr- I think they're, they're realizing that one of the things that they missed on was we need to make it more balanced. And in making it more balanced, you took out all those really cool guns that just were just stupidly overpowered and fun to use, which is what made Destiny 1 such a great game. Um, and now they're starting to put it back in. So with uh, one of the exotics that's coming out with Destiny 2 is a rocket launcher that when you fire it, it shoots two rockets, one that creates a fire explosion that lingers and the second one creates a void explosion that suppresses, which is freaking good idea. That's cool. And really technically difficult to make, I'm sure. And then another one that they're doing is they're making uh, an exotic bow and arrow that when you fire it, if you land like a headshot with it, your next shot does like a pierce through lightning bolt thing that leaves, like that does arc energy that crinkles off and hits other enemies, which again, really cool. Like, yeah. Like, those are great ideas. So, I don't know. I guess I'm staying invested in it because I hope it's going to get good. Um, still playing Zelda on my Switch when I, uh, when I feel the need to, to, to breathe, I guess. To and cleanse. I'm playing that one. Uh, I've got a couple other Switch games that I've been, like, tinkering around with that are very, very indie. I have a ton of indie games on my Switch. I've got, uh, I just bought Hollow Knight. And Hollow Knight's a game that I think after I beat Zelda, it's, I'm going to sink a ton of time into Hollow Knight because uh, it definitely has that vibe of something I would really enjoy. It's very Metroidvania. It's a really cool, great design. Music is incredible. Um, very cool game. And then the other game that I've had for a little bit now, and I've been playing it, it's very much become my uh, like space out, put a movie on, play this game because I know it like, like it's like a warm blanket of weird blood and apocryphal things it's uh the binding of isaac which which is a twin stick shooter game that i did not know was on the the switch until actually last weekend and uh i was going through the shop finding hollow knight and found binding of isaac and went what and bought it and it's a game that i had on my computer for the better part of uh like two years when i was living down with my parents and it's a roguelike where you go through different floors, you pick up abilities that power up your character, and then you fight through to see how, fa- how far you can go. And, and it's very much a run-based game. So, oh, that was a bad run. I'm just going to restart. Or, oh, this is a really good run. I might actually win. But then the selling point that makes it my favorite roguelike game, at least until I get my hands on Dead Cells, which we'll talk about once it comes out, um, is that Binding of Isaac has this really interesting idea that it's going very apocryphal sort of it, it likes to lean heavily into Catholic Christianity for a lot of its uh, a lot of its themes and you play as a kid whose mom uh, hears the voice of God which it's heavily hinted at through the game is it's actually the devil and she comes after you and tries to kill you so you run into the basement and in the basement you come across all these monsters that are basically just uh, twisted deformed mutated versions of your own character and you kill them by shooting your tears at them 
Jeez, uh, it's stuff, man. It is a dark, 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 very gross game that plays so much better than almost every AAA game that I've ever played. Like it feels like such a good game, and so I have a blast playing it. Um, a lot of people go like, "What are you playing?" And I, it's really fun. Okay, get off my back. Don't think I'm weird. So, <laughs> anyway, what do you? What have you been playing lately? Um. Mario Rabbids, still an absolute blast. Like, actually, yeah. a really technical game. Um, Dude, good. Really fun and goofy and colorful. And, like, every world that you go into is completely different. I just unlocked... I I wasn't sure, like, who my future characters were going to be past, like, a certain point. Um, I think I only have a handful left, but I literally just unlocked Rabbid Yoshi, which is just a ball. That sounds hilarious. Oh my gosh, they're so funny. The rabbits are outrageous. Um, they're like minions, but better and more intelligent. Um, I'll need to. I'll, I'll need to actually like check out some gameplay and see if this is something that I could potentially get into. Oh, it's so much fun! It's so good. Um, and then the other game that I've been playing is actually Warframe. Warframe, really. Yeah, you you've been trying to convince me to check that out for a while now. Yeah, so I've been playing for about two weeks, and it was the game on console that I played before my business trip. It was the game on console that I was thinking about during my business trip, and it was the console game I played when I came back from my business trip. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you know. Okay. And I would love if you got on because we could jam because I'm just figuring it out. It's a game where you actually get into flow really easily, where you're not really like thinking about what you're doing. You're just doing it. Ooh. Um, kind of like when you're playing a sport. That's my best analogy. Um, just because like the way the game plays and the way that you're reading things, and it's so fast, but it's not twitch fast it's just like you need to just get into a state of flow and just ride the wave right um i'm just i'm an infant in this game because it's so big um the cool thing about it is like the universe is so weird and crazy and i've played for hours and i don't even remotely know what all the controls or abilities are or even what's possible holy cow and so the feeling that that gives is that the world is really big. Um, Like really, really big. Like you're stepping into a massive pool. You're not just like wading into like, all right, I get it. You're eventually going to give me an ability, another ability and a super. Right. Like there's way more going on with it, which is really cool. Well, I might have to, I might have to take you up on that. I know I have the game installed, um, but I have not tried playing it that much yet. I played a little bit, I think, but not enough to really pick up a vibe on, oh, that's what this is about and really get it. And you know how like Bungie promised that Destiny was a game that you could play for like three hours or like 30 minutes? Yep. Warframe is that. Um, I You need a guide, though. So I'll send you the YouTube guide that I've been going off of. Yeah, send that to me and I'll watch that while I cook. And then I'll kind of like pick up a little bit on it. 
All right, I'll do that. Yeah, and if you you just need to do the uh, intro by yourself, and we can actually start playing together. Sick. And I'd be happy to go back and do the earlier missions. I am so down, dude. That actually sounds like a good time, and it'll, it might break me through, break me free of my destiny malaise for a bit. <laughs> that was the word I was looking at too. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap. All right, dude. Good chatting with you. Good talk. Wow, that was a long episode. Yeah, E3 is behind us. Yes, it is. And what an E3 it was. What an E3 it was. All right. Adios, man. Later, dude.